Welcome to Life Talks with Lauren. This podcast is all about having conversations around what's real for us and swapping shame and judgment for courage and connection. We'll cover topics like self-love, relationships, body image, mental health, and so much more. Think of it like getting together with one of your good friends and chatting about life. So grab your glass of wine, mug of tea, or your favorite drink, and let's get started. All right, friends. So I'm tipsy right now. I've had about three glasses of Joshua, I think it's called, Cabernet Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, I... uh, discovered Joshua from my friend. Is it Joshua? Am I just making up? Josh. Maybe it's just Josh. (laughs) I discovered Josh wine from my friend, um, Joe, because that's like her favorite Chardonnay. We love Chardonnays. Butter Chardonnay is also a great Chardonnay. But tonight I just had happened to have red wine laying around and I just thought, you know, why not partake? And so here I am. And the nice thing about having a podcast that is just mine is that I can do this. I don't have to worry about being professional um, because, you know, Orca, stop scratching on the couch. Orca. My cat's wild and over there because she thinks that I'm not paying attention, but I am. Anyway, the nice thing about having a podcast that's more like friend-based is that, um... I don't have to worry about, yeah, coming off professionally and trying to please everybody. And speaking of pleasing everybody, I'm here alone. It's like 8.35 p.m. Jason's at work because he's working swing shift right now, which is he starts at 3 and comes home around like midnight or whoever knows when because I'm always sleeping. Um, So I'm sitting here alone and, you know, like I said, a few glasses in and just thinking about that, like that I already lost my train of thought. Hold on, Orca. Hey! She thinks it's funny. I don't know if I'm ever going to air this episode, but if I do, um, be surprised, okay? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I always say wine is such a gangster drink because, like, you know, I would have three vodka sodas and feel completely fine, but, like, three glasses of wine is just a whole different story. But I think it's good because, because when I used to drink and I had a lot of like, I guess, trauma built up and like angry feelings that I never let out, I became an angry drunk. However, I am not that way. I feel that I'm actually a pretty happy drunk and um, I just feel more, I guess, comfortable to be myself because sometimes I feel like I am... I guess naturally uptight. Um, I don't know where that comes from. Probably maybe my parenting styles from my parents, not me. I'm, I, although I am an uptight parent, you can ask Jalen. Um, but no, I think it just comes from, I don't know. There's always been something serious about me, like a serious element. And alcohol has helped me with that, like to help me loosen up a little bit. However, in the past, I've used it as a crutch to loosen up and to be more likable and, you know, I've been like around my friends and um, like around people, around friends only wanting to 
drink or whatever so that I can loosen up because I didn't think that I was likable. Um, you know, maybe that's what's happening here now is that like, it's harder for me to make friends here in Okinawa because we're sober most of the time. And, um, I don't know, maybe people don't like me when I'm sober. Who knows? I personally think I'm great either way. Um, Jason thinks I'm great and, uh, you know, as much as I would like other people to like me, <sighs> sometimes that's just not possible. So anyway, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, these are the conversations that I like to have, um, with my friends on FaceTime from back home and like but it's the thing is is like being over here I'm always it's like always 10 a.m for me and they're the ones that get to enjoy it um but I don't think they ever really get tipsy I don't know but I just love I love these kind of conversations and right now I'm having one with myself and what I was just thinking about a few minutes ago was the fact that like why be around people that you don't enjoy like you don't leave that interaction feeling better you actually just like half the time wonder like what do they think about me you know and and like this has happened many a time throughout my life and I'm sure that you can relate because I've talked to you and many of you that I felt this way of like you know like why am I continuing to hang out with people or someone that like, I don't feel good around and like, why are they continuing to hang out with, with like me or us, you know, I think it's more torture to keep people in your life who you're like, first of all, like, I want to know if you like me, like, do you like me or do you not like me? I'm very vocal. I think that usually people know if I like them or not. Um, how they know if I like them is because I tell them and I encourage them and I reach out to them. Um, and if I don't, then I don't do those things. And sometimes it feels like it's not reciprocated. But also I know that happens on my end, like the, their end too. Like friendship is so weird. <sighs> but you know, I just... I wonder, like, why do we remain friends with people out of obligation? Like, why? And, like, also, if you don't like me, don't pretend to like me. If you don't like me, then, like, don't hang out with me or try to make plans with me. I can take a hint. I really can. <laughs> um, and that's where I get, like, it's like, if I don't feel that, like, people or someone likes me, if I don't feel, I don't know, if I don't feel a connection or whatever, um, I'm the type of person who will just like continue trying to form a connection or something. And then, I don't know. And then we have like expectations and then they get, they get, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Expectations are no bueno either. But like, really just think about that. In your relationships, in your friendships, with your coworkers, like why, why? And again, this makes me, this, I'm thinking of this because my friend Joe is from Sweden. Johanna is her full name, but I could just call her Joe. 
And she talks about the difference between, you know, I asked her, like, what's the difference between people from Sweden and people from America? And she's like, well, you know, in America, everyone's so friendly and you get there and you're like, wow, why is everybody so nice? And you realize that like everyone's just being fakely nice. That's just how we've been conditioned. But in Sweden, it's like they're not initially nice like that. And you kind of almost have to earn it or maybe not even earn it, but just you'll know when someone likes you and when someone's don't. Someone, someone's don't. <laughs> someone doesn't. Um, and so it just makes me think like, you know, I kind of, I kind of like that. Like, I kind of like knowing if people like me or if they don't. And also myself, I am a conditioned people pleaser as well. So like, I don't know, but I think I like most people. I can't really think of anyone right now that I like, that I don't like. I think I can definitely, um, I've been in situations where I just feel like I leave, you know, an interaction or whatever feeling either like drained or I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm just like this excited puppy dog who wants to hang out with everybody. Um, and then... And then, you know, and then I'm sad when they don't want to hang out with me. It's, it's kind of a bummer, you know, because we want people to like us. We want to fit in. And sometimes we don't feel like we fit in. For me, that started in like elementary school. I actually forced people to be friends with me in elementary school. I did. I did. Um... I literally, there was this group of girls that were the quote unquote popular girls and I wanted to be part of it. And so I just started following them around on the playground and they did what, if you grew up in the, I don't know if this is still a thing, but in the nineties, we had this thing that was called ditching people where, um, you literally in on the playground, you literally ran away from people. <laughs> if you didn't like them, maybe we should be like more transparent like that now. Cause okay. If people ran away from me now, I would be like, okay, no noted. Cool. Like, cool, cool. You don't like me. That's fine. Um, but it, my little elementary school girl heart couldn't take it. And so, you know, she, well, I, I don't, maybe she wasn't as sensitive as I portray her to be because yeah, I just, these girls tried to ditch me and I, I ran after them and I was persistent in doing that. I ran after these girls over and over again on the playground until they became my friends and they were my friends all through, um, you know, the rest of elementary school, middle school, things kind of changed. But in elementary school, like we went to, I made friends with them. We went, we practiced dances together. We went to one of the girls' houses and we were practicing that dance routine that we were going to do for a talent show. And we were looking through like her memory box with her and found this picture of this like ex-boyfriend. Mind you, again, we were like in elementary school, but apparently he like cheated on her, maybe talked to another girl or something. We put his picture in the toilet and we peed on it. We took turns peeing on it. If that isn't female bonding, I don't know what is. And anyway, so, um, so yeah, I was friends with these girls until middle school. And then middle school comes around and it's like, Lauren, you're not cool enough for us anymore. And that started with 
my sister was very popular and um or at least that's how I perceived it I don't know I guess she was she was skinny blonde tall beautiful girl and I had you know those friends and one time she comes up to me my sister comes up to me like after school or something and she's like hey Lauren <laughs> hey Lauren I ran into your friend <laughs> <laughs> Why is it funny now? This was one of the most heartbreaking moments of my life. Proof that we can laugh about things later. Hey Lauren, I ran into your friend in the bathroom and we were talking. And I just want you to know that like she doesn't really like you. And like you guys aren't really friends like you think you are. And that was like, I feel like one of the first moments that I was like, oh my god, people can like not like me but not say it. So then it was like, do these girls that I chased around and gained as quote unquote friends eventually, like, did they ever even like me? I don't know. I don't know because then I never heard from them again. Um, I did see them at like a few of them at our high school reunion a few years ago and they were very nice, very nice ladies with children married, you know, we all get nice, I guess when we grow up or again, fakely nice. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I think I've been scarred ever since. And like, what, you know, like my, my sister would invite or I would invite my friends over and they always liked my sister more. Like, I just don't know that I'm the kind of personality that like people gravitate towards, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm there if you need to talk about certain things or if you need someone to like hear you out, but for fun, for the fun stuff, like, Am I that person? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of sad, right? <sighs> yeah, but what can I do? I mean, I'm not going to change. This is obviously a very big part of who I am. And um, as much as some people say they like me better drunk, I, I really like myself sober too. And I, because of that, have been able to develop a healthy relationship with alcohol and not feel that I need to use alcohol as a crutch you know I'm like enjoying this right now but I also like if people only like that version of me like the drunk version then they're not really the deep people that I need in my life and by the deep people I mean the ones that are willing to be there for everything and you know I don't know. I've just been thinking about all this a lot lately of these sisterhood wounds that I have, that we all have from trying to be friends with other women and girls and whatever and feeling like we've been backstabbed, feeling like we've been gossiped about. I certainly have been gossiped about. I certainly have gossiped and it's something I'm not proud of. I don't know. We... We learn to bond through gossip and through talking about others. And I think I can easily fall into that trap. It's like my sense of humor also gets caught up in the fact that like I want to be liked. And I also don't want people to think that like, I don't know. I feel like if you go against gossip, then you become the source of the gossip. Um, and so I've, I, I hate it every time I do it, every fucking time. 
then I get this guilty conscience and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person. And then I have to remember that like, we all do it again. It's, it's the way that some of us have been taught to bond as well. And I read in some Brene Brown books, pretty much all of her books. Oh, which one was it though? There's a Brene Brown book, Brene Brown book from just a few years ago. I wonder if it was, mm, it's one, it's the one where it's like, having the courage to stand alone and um yeah and anyway and it she talks about the fact that the ways that we bond and one of them is that we bond through having like through gossip but that's not a a type of bond that's gonna last and that's the downfall of it and so you know as fun as it is as funny as we think it is as juicy as we think it is think we really need to learn to be kind to each other and give each other the benefit of the doubt to each other's face and behind each other's backs I'm really working on that I'm not that doesn't come naturally to me I think I'm a naturally nice person and I also think because I am such a people pleaser I'll hold resentments and I won't tell the person but I'll tell other people and that's really not cool you know I think I should either tell my journal or tell Jason or tell the person or just keep it to myself. But I shouldn't be talking about it to anyone else. You know, I don't think that's very nice. And I think that's very mean girl spirited. And yeah, I wouldn't want that done to me. So I wouldn't want to do it to someone else. I don't want to do it again. I think we're all guilty, but I also think that we can forgive ourselves when we do fall into that behavior and realize that like, you know, I mean, clearly, clearly right now, my little tipsy guilty conscience is coming out. Um, I, I, I try, I really try and I think give people the benefit of the doubt and I think sometimes my frustration just comes out in the wrong ways I also do have to think about the progress that I've made in life though because I um I used to lash out at people I used to I and okay there were friends that I had in middle school that I actually are good friends now a few of them were in my wedding where we then formed a group once I wasn't in with the cool girls anymore. I was like kind of in with this, I guess, normal group of chicks. They're amazing, by the way. And um, I pushed them away. And I own up to that. I own up to the times that I've pushed friends away. Um, I was a total asshole. I really was. And sometimes I can fall back into those patterns, you know, not to make excuses, but I wasn't like raised in a household where we spoke very nicely to each other. I'm talking siblings. Um, my mom was always very nice to me. My dad, I don't think I've ever really said it. I don't know where me and my siblings got this from. We're mean to each other. And, um, and so I didn't really know. I've had to teach myself a lot of this stuff and unlearn patterns. And, you know, I'm trying my best. I think like most of us, I'm so not perfect and I so try to be perfect. And I'm probably harder on myself than anyone's 
harder on myself than anyone is on me. Um, and yeah, wow, this got real deep real quick. <laughs> this is where we go. Like I said, I don't know if I'm going to publish this ever. I probably will because, I mean, again, where did I read recently or hear? Um, ooh, so I'm reading or I'm listening on Audible this book called The Laws of Human Nature. And that book is really like dark, has a lot of dark truths that I'm like, oh, I wish that weren't true, but I totally know it is. And one of the things he says is like, who who we become and like what we say when we're drunk is like what's really on our mind and who we are. And so I guess that can be noted as progress as well, because, you know, I'm I'm tipsy right now and I am I'm saying things that I also say when I'm sober, either whether it's to myself or Jason or the people that know me best. But I'm not saying anything. Oh, this could be like talk therapy. Like, what do you say when you're drinking? The truth comes out. Is there anything you're holding in? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not really saying anything new. I think I'm processing the childhood trauma that I had of not fitting in. But I mean, other than that, don't we all feel that way to some extent? Like, do we do any of us feel like we fit in? Please let me know. Like, do you feel like you fit in? Even the ones who I think fit in, like, do you fit in? Do you feel like you fit in? And what is fitting in anyway? To me, fitting in is like belonging, belonging to a group of people. But I've never done well with groups of friends. I've always done well, like with scattered friends one-on-one. -on -one. One here from like this crowd, one here from this crowd, like, the diversity, I guess, of the types of friends, but oh, the group dynamic, man, I just don't know if it's for me. I don't know. Is it for anyone? I see all these friend, people that have had the same friend group since like elementary school. And, you know, I've had multiple friend groups since then and none of them really ever worked out. So, hmm. What is fitting in? What does it mean? This is why I like Brene Brown's books and her research about shame and vulnerability and belonging. She talks about belonging and like true belonging is really belonging to yourself. And I really wish that I really wish that I could fully belong to myself. At the same time, I know that as human beings, it's in our nature to need other people and like relationship is more important to our health, more vital to our health than like what we eat and how we exercise. So it's so weird when you want to try to learn to belong to yourself and like be okay by just being you, but you also crave human connection. And I feel like I've had this such an intense craving for human connection since really 2020. I never felt this before. I was always like, get me away from these humans. I need less human interaction as an introvert. Again, nothing against humans. Just the fact that like too much, too much um, interaction is intense for me. But now it's like I'm getting negative interaction, not like negative bad, but like negative, like not enough. And I feel like I'm starving, like 
and then, oh my gosh, this is how I felt when Jason was deployed. I remember telling a friend that, that like, I literally felt like I was starving for human connection, like starving for something, not starving for food. I'm starving. Um, and that's really fucking hard. It's a really not a fun feeling. And I just feel like lately, no matter how much, you know, nothing fills me. There's like just some empty void within me. Um, you know, I can do my art. I've got Jason. And again, Jason and I are kind of in maintenance mode in our relationship to where like, I don't know, we don't connect as deeply as we used to because we don't have much to connect over. We have a great relationship and stuff. Um, you know, but it's just, it's just different. And I can talk to my friends back home. I talk to my mom, but it's different than having that in-person connection. I have a friend, Maggie, from back in Vegas who used to live like three minutes down from me. We were friends on Facebook for years and we didn't get together and hang out until like, like two or three years that we were friends on Facebook. And once we did, it was like, oh my gosh, immediately it was like I found... I just found one of my soul sisters in life and um, we would stay, we would sit in her backyard. She has this beautiful backyard. We would sit in her backyard and just drink wine or champagne or whatever for hours. There was one Sunday I came over for a brunch and like after everyone left, it was just me and Maggie and we sat and drank champagne 12 hours straight. I did not wake up the next day with a hangover or anything. It was just magical. And like, that's the kind of connection that I live for. Like that is the, those are like the, the people that I live for that like, we can go anywhere in our talks and I don't feel like I'm the only one talking and I don't feel like they're the only one talking. It's like a good mixture and you know, yeah, I feel like at this point I'm kind of rambling, but that's the kind of human connection that I just fucking love and that I thrive on. And I feel like I haven't had a lot of that lately. And since, you know, this pandemic, when I used to go to school on campus physically and or work, or I used to see humans a lot more. I don't always have to have that like, hey, Orca, she's, she's getting into this H&M bag. Yeah, there's nothing in there for you. <laughs> she decided she wants to be the main character. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't, I mean, I don't always need that, like, oh, let's talk about everything. But also, if I'm not even getting really any human interaction, I think my craving just gets deeper and deeper. I know that sounds really weird. Like, I'm not trying to eat humans or anything. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to feel less alone. I feel like I, I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. And I think the best way I can describe it, like I said, is like starving. And then maybe that's why we hang out with people then that we don't really necessarily like, I don't know, feel like we vibe with is like, well, maybe I just have no other options right now or whatever, or we stay in a relationship and it's like, I'm afraid I'm not going to ever find anyone else. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but all I know is, oh my gosh, 
this shit doesn't end soon. We have to find another way to connect with each other and feel less alone. I don't know how much longer I can do this. Mm. I will never take this. Okay, I could say that easily, that I'll never take this for granted, but I probably will take it for granted again, but then I'll have to remind myself. But I just love, I just love people. I always have. I always have, even though I've been an introvert, but I just have a deep, I have a different level of appreciation for people, I think, than I used to. So, anyway, well, thanks for coming to my tipsy TED Talk. I'm going to start a new series. <laughs> I'm going to pitch an idea. Tipsy TED Talks. Let's just get together and have tipsy uh, conversations. I don't know. I've heard some of my friends come up with some good stuff when they're tipsy. So, if that's you, come over and hang out and... We'll get tipsy and TED Talk. So anyway, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, I hope that... And well, you might think I'm weird after this, but honestly, I'm not going to say I hope you don't because this is me. I love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or leave a five-star review wherever you listen. Have an idea you want to pitch or just feel like chatting with me about the episode? Come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick. Can't wait to hear from you.